pass to Kemp Hill. Right now, my my son is just like staring at me from the other side of the fence. <laughs> is it Andrew or Henry? Henry. He's like, I don't know if he's trying to like, now he's wiggling the fence. I think he's trying to get out. Oh, <laughs> he's trying to escape. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, should we get this thing rolling? I think we should. Well, welcome back to We Want Our Sonics Back, uh, the podcast about the legacy of the Seattle Supersonics. My name is Dean. My name is Danny. And we thought that it we, well, we wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, it's It's been a phenomenon just the last, well, the last four weeks yep. is everyone's talking about the last dance yep i think we've both watched every episode that's been released so far i have episodes one through eight yep and nine and Uh, ten are tomorrow yeah uh how excited are you for that um i'm very excited because as you know i'm very big into sports and Mm-hmm. Obviously, right now we have a shortage of live sports on television, so it's really nice to see. It's keeping me sane, I'd say, to have I think that. That's to kind right? of have that right now, just something to just keep your mind off things of what's going on. Just kind of brings you back to the old days, of Michael Jordan. So I think it's been really good. ESPN has done a heck of a job with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. And I think everyone is in the same boat with you, Dan. Because, like, what do we have for sports? Nothing. There's nothing out there. <laughs> like, they're airing Korean ba- uh, baseball now. Um, which, I gotta admit, like, like it's been enjoyable. <laughs> it's not like the MLB, but, you know, it's baseball. Have you watched so some of it? I've watched some. Uh, not Not a whole lot, but um, it's, I mean, it's it's better than like another baking show. That's true. I was watching uh, Premier League soccer this morning. That came back. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm watching a little bit of that this morning. <laughs> but basically, the Last Dance has been like the only game in town for the last month. Everybody's been watching it. It's what everyone has been talking about. Like every basically every Sunday, every Monday rolling through the beginning of the week has basically all been about the last dance. Exactly. Um, So I thought it would be fun for us to kind of just talk about our favorite moments of the last dance. And um, eventually we'll, we'll talk about episode eight, which uh, I'm sure if, if you're listening to this podcast is probably why you're here is to uh, listen to us talk about the, the 96 finals, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but I thought we could just kind of share some of the fun things that we've liked so far. So what, what are some of the moments that have stood out to you, Danny? There's a couple things that come to mind. 
And it's not so much about Michael. It's about Scottie Pippen. Okay. I, I feel very similar. So go for it. Because there's something I need to get off my chest. Because if you watched the last episode, and if everyone watched the last episode that's listening, um, you would see that Scottie Pippen, when Jordan went to go play baseball with the Bulls, he was the number one guy. Like, he had mm-hmm. to be. But yep. anyways, there was a story on that, and I think it was towards the end of a playoff game. I want to say it was the Knicks. Am I right? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and anyways, Phil Jackson, there's a couple seconds left on the clock. Phil Jackson called a timeout, and he drew up a play for um, Tony Kukoc. And Scotty yes. Pippen said, well, I want the ball. And Phil says, no, Tony Kukoc is getting the ball. And so anyway, Scotty Pippen just decided that he was just going to sit out because he yep. didn't like that. To me, honestly, that is one of the most awful things a teammate could do, especially when you are the leader on the team. Yes. I just felt that that was pretty awful for a teammate to do. So I had to get that off my chest. Dude, I totally agree with you. Like, growing up, I always loved Scottie Pippen. Uh, most, mostly, like, honestly, at the beginning was, like, who goes by Scotty? Right. <laughs> like, his name, his name is Scott. <laughs> but he goes by Scotty. Uh, but Scotty Pippen, I always loved him, and uh, I always thought he was. This is gonna sound bad, but I thought he was more athletic than MJ, and, and I thought he was underrated. And uh, I mean, like you could see that pretty clearly in this doc that, like, people just were constantly like undervaluing Scotty Pippen and taking advantage of Scotty Pippen. Right. But that was a really bad look. Exactly. You never want to give up on your teammates. Um, you always want to be there. If you're part of a team, like, even if you're, like, the, I don't know, like, the 10th guy on the bench, like, you 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 need to be ready to support your teammates. Right. And, and whatever the coach says, you know, you can argue with the coach, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you know, he calls a play. He gets paid for that. Right. He, he's put a lot of thought into who should be the one getting the ball or what play we should be making. And I thought it was a pretty horrible thing for Scottie Pippen to just be like, no, nah, no, nah, I ain't going in. If, if, if he's the one who's going to get the shot, then I'm just going to sit right here and give up on his teammates. That was awful. Exactly right. And I mean, Phil Jackson – it's not like he's a crappy coach. Can we say that no. on here? <laughs> no, he's he's one of the best, right? But like, yeah, so. he's one of eleven championships. Like, there's a reason he has that many championships. And honestly, Scottie Pippen should have just shut his mouth and went right back on the court with his teammates. But yep, and then to see Bill Cartwright, like like crying and, and like hearing about him in the locker room crying uh, about how Scotty gave up on him. 
that that was that was awesome. Well, yeah, and even yeah. Steve Kerr said it too. Is the whole team felt like Scotty just gave up on them? Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to that. Like, there's the teammate side, which is the one that I'm more sympathetic to, because like you're you're everyone's trying their best to win this game. They're trying to move forward in the in the playoffs. Like it's it, it's a fight, and and you got to have each other's backs. And for your teammate just to be like, no, and especially the leader of your team to just be like, no, I'm not going out there. And he throws a little fit. Like I could totally see why they would be upset about it. And it's it's a friend giving up on you. Um, but at the same time, I can also kind of see scotty pippen's point of view especially as like the the documentary has gone on like the episodes have gone on i mean they they kept on like kicking scotty pippen to the curb every chance they could right like i don't i don't know if it was something personal like they just didn't like him uh but like it's if it it's the money thing it's the respect thing but like I can see, like he should have been the one getting the ball. If we're talking about, you know, who wants to be the clutch player, right? Usually, it's the best player on your team. Yeah, and, and Scotty wanted that moment, and so I can understand why you'd be really frustrated. Now, I don't understand why you would just not go out on the court. I could understand, you know, coming into the locker room and screaming about it. Um, but you know, to go that far with it. Yeah. It was, it was a really bad look for one of the greatest players of all time. Right. And I mean, another thing is from watching this thing, this documentary to me, it seems like this thing has made Scottie Pippen look so bad. Like that's my biggest takeaway from this documentary is it's made Scottie Pippen look so bad. And I want to know your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, it makes it look bad to people like us who, like, either we weren't around then or we were just too young that we don't, like, I didn't remember the Scottie Pippen refused to go out on the court. Um, But, uh, like, now I know it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And and now millions of people know it. Uh, So I think it's just, like, of bringing to light all of those moments that were there and people talked about, but people got over. Um, and so like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make him look great. Uh, the first couple episodes, he looks really good, especially what was it? Episode two where they, they really focused on Scotty. I believe that might've been it. Yeah. I mean, that made him look really good. And yeah, of course, like there was like the, um, the whole situation with him getting paid. Um, but first, like, I understand that. Like, that makes sense to me. Like, is was it the wisest move and everything? Maybe not. But uh, I, can, I can get behind that and understanding where he was coming from. But that, that one moment of him just refusing to go on the court, I think that was... That was pretty horrible, and and people are going to remember him now for that because now we've like millions of people have experienced it. While maybe only I don't know, 
if you're a Bulls or Knicks fan watching that series, because ESPN, yeah, it was around, but it wasn't quite what it is today. Right. It wasn't that 24-7 news cycle of, you know, let's get 80,000 people on TV to talk about Scottie Pippen refusing to go into the game. Like, could you imagine if, like, Kevin Durant did that today? Right. Like, there would be such a big media circus around him compared to then. There wasn't as much as there would be today. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, that's that's one part that, that sticks out is Scottie Pippen not looking so great, and especially in that episode that you were talking about. Um, what, what about MJ? Any, anything standing out to you about like just MJ himself, his character? Um, to me, honestly, the thing that stands out to me about MJ is I didn't really realize before because I didn't really watch Michael because he was before my time. But the thing that sticks out to me is his work ethic. Like I, did not know, like, I mean, I knew he had a good work ethic, but I did not know it was that good. Like, especially in the last episodes that they just aired last Sunday night, it showed, mm-hmm. you know, how how after he came back from playing baseball, and then they lost in the playoffs, and then it showed Michael just being like, I think they told the story of his trainer said, um, well, just call me whenever you need me. And Michael said, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And his trainer was like, what? You're not going to take no. a day off. Like, that's just how devoted he was to his craft. Well, I mean, like, even that story, um, was it his rookie season or his like, second year in the league when he had that injury? And he goes back to North Carolina yep. to finish up college or whatever. And he's just like playing pickup basketball. Exactly. <laughs> without them knowing. Exactly right. Yeah. Those, those kind of stories have stuck out to me uh, of just like fun moments and getting his insight and like, like even little things. Like I've always heard about, you know, like, the late 80s being like all cocaine in the NBA <laughs> and to hear that story of him in the hotel uh, opening up that hotel room and like you know he puts he puts like a a little spin on it to just be like it wasn't everyone but you can pretty much tell that basically it was everyone <laughs> exactly. in the team in that room <laughs> doing all kinds of horrible things and doing crack and yeah um, and he was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right. He hasn't seen this before. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, just moments like that have been really fun to, to see. And I've loved that, like, the documentary series is called The Last Dance. And so I figured it was going to be mostly just following that 98 team. And, and so at first I was, like, a little, like, why are we going back and forth so much the first couple episodes? That was my same but, thought. Yeah, like, I understand storytelling, and you want to get, like, context and all of that, but I was like, why are we going back and forth? But then when they started, like, focusing on all these championships that he won, and, like, you know, it seems like every episode from, I think it's episodes two when it first started doing that, uh, but 
like it kind of ends with him getting a championship each episode. Um, right. That's been really cool to like go and look at each one of those teams. Um, you know, whether it's uh, the Detroit Pistons or the Knicks, the Celtics, too, with Kevin McHale, Larry Bird. Uh, the one with Magic was pretty cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like just doing that has been like really fun to see all those teams. And uh, I, I love the one, um, you know, I was talking about Magic Johnson, but with the Orlando Magic. Uh, you know, to see a little little young Shaquille O'Neal there with uh, Horace Grant. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And if I could go on a quick story about Horace Grant and MJ real quick. Yeah, go for it, man. I heard this story, and I don't remember if it was up, um, mentioned on the last, last episode, but I can't remember who told it, but they said that MJ was such a was so mean to Horace Grant like he would basically say like when they'd get on planes and if Horace Grant had a bad game he'd tell the servers to not give Horace Grant a meal because he did not deserve to eat because he played so bad oh my goodness I didn't know that so that was just a quick little side story there but that just (laughs) shows how much MJ expected from his teammates and as well that might sound like a jerk move, but it was it was all about winning to MJ. You know, he wanted to win so bad, and he'd do at it at whatever cost, man. Exactly at whatever cost. He didn't care who he hurt. It was all about winning, and I think like that's probably the biggest thing to take away from this documentary, as far as MJ as a person, is that everything was in the business of winning and to him it was a business it wasn't personal as far as what he did to other people now he took everything personally as we'll talk about in a couple yeah. minutes. <laughs> but uh but for him you know it, whether it was punching steve kerr or you know cussing out all his teammates or you know whatever it was uh he threw everyone under the bus under the bus of winning right <laughs> He, he just wanted to win no matter he what. He expected so uh, much out of his teammates. Yes. Yes, he did. But yeah, so like we finish each one of these episodes with championship, and uh, that leads us to episode eight, uh, which is uh, the episode for the 96 finals against Seattle Supersonics. Yep. What were some of your feelings about it? Um, My feelings were that Watching that is, I didn't exactly realize, because like I said earlier in the show, I did not grow up watching those teams, because that's before my time. Yeah, you were you were one, right? I, in 96? Yeah, I was, yeah, that's the year I was born, so not even a year okay. old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was seven, and, and I remembered... Basically, I remember my friend Kyle's dad being so upset that we lost, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, but um, I didn't really realize how good of a defensive team that Bulls team was. Like, Dennis Rodman, Michael was a good defender, Scotty was a great defender, and then Dennis Rodman is arguably the best defender of all time. Like, the biggest thing from that is, like, it's not that the Sonics sucked. 
It's just that the Bulls were so good defensively. Oh, absolutely. Like they were they were fantastic. How did, how did you feel about like the setup though? Cuz like first off, it's only a couple minutes. Like I was pretty disappointed to only get like I think it was like maybe like 6 minutes in the episode yeah. was dedicated to talking about this. Um so I was I, like, I mean, I feel like the other teams had more time than that. Right. Yeah. I was disappointed because I wanted to hear more of Gary Payton's perspective because of how much yeah. of a trash talker he was. I wanted to hear different players' perspectives. Like, we didn't hear anything from Sean Kemp. We only really heard from yeah, not, Gary not Payton. A word. And mm-hmm. I'm not really too sure if we even heard from George Carl. No, no, we didn't. We got little snippets of him talking to his players, but like not actually sitting down with him. Um, I'm sure that there are hours of footage that are just left there on the cutting table. Um, you know, about like Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. Um, I mean, they only used like that, like maybe one minute snippet, uh, from Gary Payton to see M to show MJ and get them all riled up. Um, but I think that's one of the problems. Like, I've loved this, and I'm thankful that we have it because it's really entertaining and fun. But it's also one of the problems of having MJ in charge of <laughs> what footage we see. Exactly. Because <laughs> I, I really feel like uh, there's probably a lot more of Gary Payton talking trash to MJ even now <laughs> and being like, oh, I had him. Uh, and MJ probably just didn't want that to be seen. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't I wasn't too happy about the amount of time was that was spent on the '96 Finals, and then uh, I did not like the narrative that they they crafted. Uh, you hear Bob Costas uh, talking about how this is the most um, you know David and Goliath kind of story thing like like it was for sure that the Bulls were going to win this is a coronation blah 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 I mean yes the 96 Bulls were one of the best teams of all time and you know 70 plus wins but like Gary Payton says in in the last dance they were a pretty good team too right they were not a bad team they won 64 games yeah so it's like I don't know why they painted it in such a way. Like, I mean, yes, you get that exaggerated Bob Costas little snippet. Uh, and so I guess they wanted to just run with that storyline, but it's not accurate. It's it's really not. So I, I didn't appreciate that of them just basically being like, this team's going to get blown out. Ha ha ha. Like they were one of the worst teams. Uh, Seattle Supersonics all throughout the 90s were great. Like they, they were, they were killers. They were, it was a dominant duo with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. And, and I feel like they deserved a little bit more respect than what the last. Exactly. And I mean, they spent a lot of time on the Detroit Pistons because they were known as the bad boy Pistons. You know, they spent a lot of time on the feud between Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Or even, with Charles Barkley. Right. Like, the Suns got way more than the Sonics did. Right. And I wish that they would give it a little more time because I think people would have, I think a lot of people would have loved to hear more of Gary Payton's perspective and more of the other Sonics players' perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, like, and who doesn't want to hear Sean Kemp? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's more Kemp. Yeah. So let let's get into the the two main things that came out from that little six or seven minute section of episode eight. The first thing was that MJ got his motivation out of George Carl seeing him at dinner and not coming by and saying hi. Exactly. What do you think about that? I think that may have been the biggest mistake that George Carl made in that final series. Really? I do. That was not the answer I was expecting. And, and here's why, Dean. Because Michael Jordan, and as we've seen through the whole documentary, will take the littlest things and use it for his motivation. Yeah, he's super petty. And so, and even the team knew that. They knew that Michael was going to try to use anything and everything he can to motivate himself. And so I think it was the mistake of George Carl seeing him and just walking past and not saying a word. Mm. And I think that because the thing is, you cannot give MJ motivation because we've seen if you give him anything to get motivated, he'll take it and he'll run with it. Yeah, like someone saying good game after the game. Right. (laughs) That was ridiculous. I forgot about that moment until you just said that. But I have a different perspective because, like, first, what the heck, Michael Jordan? Not everyone has to talk to you. (laughs) Like, like, uh, do you want everyone who's famous to come and say hi to you everywhere you go? Like, he seems like a very private person. So maybe maybe George Carl was just letting you have your privacy, you know, and, or at least that's that's what he could have assumed. But my understanding is that George Carl and Michael Jordan had a relationship kind of before that, you know, they would play golf together. So I think that's kind of the thing that might have pissed Jordan off more is because, you know, they had a decent relationship. It's not just like he's the coach of a of an opponent you know he's someone he yeah, had a relationship i mean you might be with. right with that like i yeah you, like you said they, they golfed together and there's something about dean smith uh so i don't know those those inner workings but i think it i think it's still kind of ridiculous at least from my point of view that like george carl like all right so he goes over there and says hi you know, he's risking a lot because anything he says then could be taken as motivation for Michael, the guy who literally gets told good game, gets ticked about it. <laughs> like, so, like, I, I feel like it could have been anything. And so I think it was for me. I look at it. That's probably the the move I would have made of just not going over there. Well, yeah. And I can see that argument, too. But. I just thought that, you know, Michael was, Michael, from my understanding, was waiting. He sat there longer and he was waiting for them to finish to see if George Carl would say anything. And he didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could also ask why Michael didn't say anything to George Carl. We could even go. Right. Even go down that route. That's the thing, man. Like he, he views himself as the king and. Of course, he has a lot of reason to view himself that way, but you're the younger guy. Maybe you could go over and talk to George Carl and say, hey, how's it going, coach? Um, But nope, it's, you know, he has to come to me and then he gets ticked because he doesn't come over and say hi. And and he says, that's all the motivation I needed. And it's like, 
Come on, man. Yep. You would have found anything. <laughs> I, I feel like you would have found anything to get ticked about. If there was like, I don't know, a vendor or something that like spilt uh, Gatorade or something <laughs> like in front of him, like he would have been like, that's all the motivation I needed. Right. So anything would have got him going. And I mean, the fact that basically anything, you know, will motivate Michael that just shows mm-hmm. how good of a player he was. Like, he was looking for anything and everything. Yep. Uh, it makes him a really good player and also a terrible human being. <laughs> like, you got you to gotta imagine that kind of mentality comes into your life. Like, of finding things to get annoyed at. Um, he's probably a very irritable person. Uh, but that's beside the point. But, I okay, so I think we're... We, we got a couple of different perspectives on that George Carl dinner thing. Uh, but then this is, this is where like everyone, the internet just went crazy with, with uh, Gary Payton talking about how he was wearing MJ down and he had to be physical with him. And, and so he was wearing him down over the games and they give Michael Jordan the tablet to watch that on. And MJ immediately throws his head back and and laughs and makes the gif and uh, says, the glove. I had no problem with the glove. Well, yeah. What do you think about Um, that? If I can first go back to the point you made about the gif, um, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to miss seeing the crying Jordan memes as much. Mm. Yeah, that's um, true. Rest I'm a little peace. disappointed in that, but yeah. <laughs> um, to get back to your question, I think Gary Payton wore MJ down to an extent. The reality is, is you will never completely shut down MJ. No one will. Yeah. No, no one can. And so I took some time to look up some stats of the finals, and when Gary Payton was not guarding MJ in the first three games. Mm-hmm. Jordan averaged 31 points a game and 46% shooting. But after George Carl, not really George Carl, Gary Payton made the decision to go on Michael yeah, Jordan he, and said, I don't he care. He put himself coach. on Jordan. Yeah. yeah. He held him to 20, no, 23.7 points a game. And 36.7% shooting. And in game six, Gary Payton held Jordan to 22 points, which was a series low. But the Sonics only scored 75 points in that game because Dennis Rodman completely dominated the game on the defensive end. Man, that's that's insane. Like, even, like, thinking about that, it's somewhat frustrating, (laughs) like, to be like, because, yeah, he is one of the best, if not the best. Uh, you know, we, we can have our debates about Kobe, and some would say LeBron. I'm not saying LeBron, but, um, you know, like there's there's a couple players. ESPN had their list, you know, whatever. Uh, Which is completely wrong. At least, yeah, maybe next episode we'll, like, take a little break and we'll talk about that list. That list was insane. Um, but MJ's at the top, and so he's going to score his points. There's There's no stopping that. He's going to be Michael Jordan. He's going to, I mean, this is the guy who, who scores over 30 points when he has the flu. Like, nothing is going to stop this guy. 
what you can do is try to make him as inefficient as possible. Like he's still, he's still going to get his points. He's still going to have influence on the game. Right. But you can try to minimize the damage. And, like, I mean, you bringing up those stats, it's very clear that Gary Payton was able to minimize that damage. Right. And they won two of the three games that Gary Payton was mm-hmm. on, Michael. Yeah. Now, there, there is, like, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, there is a little bit also of, like, your back's against the wall. You don't want to be swept. And so, like, some of that pressure sometimes brings out the best in certain players. And I think that probably happened with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, that they didn't want to they didn't want to go down in, in a sweep. And, and so uh, I think that kind of added to it as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's very clear that Gary Payton was – probably the best defender Michael Jordan has ever really faced. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, Gary Payton was viewed as, you know, he was a defensive player of the year. First yeah, team all-NBA defense. Like you said, as a I point guard. Was, I think he was the first point guard, maybe even looking back, the only point guard to ever win that. Exactly. Like, usually you see it like power forward, centers, Maybe a small mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. The guys who get the block. Right. But no. And so it was, to me, it was obvious that Gary Payton, I don't want to use the word held Michael in check, but in a way he did. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe if George Carl were to put him on in game one, I think the Sonics would have had a better shot. I'm not going to say the Sonics would have won because that Bulls team was still very good. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually like looking back, I even watched uh, the first, like the six minutes or whatever that they had on the Sonics uh, this morning before we got on. Um, and and I, I stand by everything that Gary Payton said in, in that little interview. Like, yeah, they were a great team. The, the Bulls were a great team, but the Sonics were also a good team. And he didn't know. Like, maybe if Coach had put him on MJ earlier in the series, then it would be a different story. But you'll never know that. And, and uh, he doesn't know if that would have made it so that they had a better shot. But I think so. I, th- I think it would have been a much, at least closer series. You know, granted, they did go to six games. It's almost as close as you can get. I think it would have went and to seven, at least, had Gary been on him more. I, I think so, too. Like... I mean, like there there were so many times that Michael Jordan just like took off and uh, like I look at that game three and he had 36 points and I, I think it would have been a lot better. Plus, also, I think it would have been good for Gary Payton's offense. Like because Gary Payton's the kind of player that feeds off of that intensity. Right. You know, he's a he's a trash talker. If he was able to like get a couple steals from Jordan like he would when he was getting placed on him. Earlier on in the series, I think that would have lit a fire under him to, uh, you know, go out there and uh, be able to score some more points. And, and that would have helped out quite a bit since, I mean, that's really the problem when you look at, like, the box scores and everything. The Sonics just couldn't score against them. Exactly. And, you know, like I said, like you said, actually, had Gary been able to get a few steals, we might be talking about a whole different thing. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, Gary feeds off that intensity. Like, that's his game, is to get up in your face, to try to get you off your spot. I think we're on the same page here, man. Like, that, it was it was really fun to watch this 
like the last dance and see like the whole time I've been waiting for that moment that like, all right, are we going to talk about the 96 finals? Yet? Oh no, 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 not yet. Okay. Is it this episode? Nope, not yet. And then episode eight, like we finally get it. And I was a little disappointed, like I said, like the narrative and the time on it. Uh, but it was still a lot of fun to see it. It was, I mean, as much as I don't like how little they showed the Sonics, it's still an very enjoyable documentary yeah uh i'll just i'll just pose this last this last little question uh do you think that if the sonics had won the 96 finals that anything would be different here in 2020 yes i do yeah i think you don't think the sonics would have left i think the sonics would have been a lot more than what howard schultz was willing to pay for them yeah. And I think that would have then possibly encouraged another ownership group to get into it. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, what if the Sonics had been able to beat the 96 Bulls um, and, and break down that three-peat? And, like, I, I feel like a lot of things would be different. I think the Sonics would have stayed. Um, like you said, maybe maybe Schultz would have never been able to get his hands on him, which means that Bennett would have never been able to get his hands on him. And uh, I think we would be having a lot different conversations about um, Kobe and LeBron and MJ and who's the GOAT and all of that kind of stuff. You know, and, and some weird multiverse, <laughs> it, would, it would be interesting to see all the effects, but... Maybe, maybe if Gary Payton had been put on him, that's to me was like the biggest error in the series is just putting your defensive player of the year on the best player on the other team. It's that. Right. I mean, the Sonics, it was already like, let's just live in a different world right now, which would be nice, but (laughs) considering what's going on. (laughs) One without a pandemic. Yeah. Um, But to just live in an alternate universe for a second, you know, going into it, the Sonics were viewed, like you said, and Bob Costas said, it was like a David and Goliath. Like, they basically gave the Sonics no shot. Like, if the Sonics Mm -hmm. were to win that and dismantle the greatest dynasty of all time, arguably, there would be some ripple effects of that still to this day, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, we got episodes 9 and 10 coming out tomorrow. Um, Up here in Canada, I got to wait until Monday to watch it on Netflix. Uh, But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll continue this and just have like one little capstone on the the conversation once everything's all finished next episode. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, uh, we would just love it if you guys would rate us and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And hit us up on Twitter. Um, Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know. uh, Do you think anything would be different if Gary Payton had been put on MJ earlier in the series? Uh, Do you think they would have been able to maybe pull out one more win or maybe, I don't know, maybe that, that trash talk that would have definitely happened from Gary Payton. Uh, maybe that would be the fire, not just George Carl saying, uh, not saying hi at supper, uh, but maybe 
that trash talk would have been the fire. And I don't know, maybe the games would be done in four rather than in six. Um, but let us know what you think. Uh, you can go on Twitter at Dean Lentini is my Twitter. At Danny Lentini is my Twitter handle. And uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, we want our Sonics back. Woo! I did make a ringtone of that.